0: Hey friends, welcome back to Altar Guild. We've been a little distracted since season three. We've been working on other podcasts to develop this network. We've seen the success of Cafeteria Christian, the launch of New Time Religion, and our first steps in making a series about generosity for the love of humanity. But we've missed setting a bigger table and gathering a variety of voices into this feed. So it's time for more stories, and we need your help. This season, we're collecting retellings of scripture stories, considering how they can be heard in new or different ways, thanks to today's context or the unique diversity of the teller. You don't need to be a professional faith leader, or even a Christian, to submit your stories. The telling should use a vocabulary that's accessible to kids, adaptive, queer-friendly, and inclusive language that doesn't assume listeners already know the characters or the story. We'll post a few ideas to get you thinking about what piece of scripture you could retell. You can send submissions or ideas to altarguild at gmail.com. That's A-L-T-E-R. And we can help with production or equipment needs too. But without further ado, here's Meta telling the story of Jacob and Esau.
1: Sulvey, what do you like about being a twin?
2: That Tova is so cool. And she's so funny, and Tova at br- when we did breakfast, she she just told a, a really long story. And you were listening. Yeah, and Jasper too.
1: Mhm. Tova, what do you like about being a twin? Um, I
2: like that Sova is really awesome, and that. I really love Sulvey talking um with stories about like Patty talking funny stuff. And that <laughs> were so um awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my daughters Sulvey and Tova are 5 now, but this is who they've always been. It was easy to tell them apart inside my body, and I knew they were unique individuals from the start. Do you guys remember the story about when you were born? You were in my tummy at the same time. Who was up top? Um, me. Yeah. Because I came out last, I couldn't budge in front of Sylvie. So yeah, you tried, though, because what were you always doing in my tummy before you were born? Um, I peed. No, <laughs> that was when you were born. But inside my tummy, you were always dancing around, right? Like <laughs> You were having a little dance party. And
2: I was I was, like, stopped over. Yeah, every once in a while. And I was sleeping and she was bouncing around.
1: (laughs) It's a miracle how alike and different twins and siblings in general can be. Most of our acquaintances still need help figuring out who's who, but that's only because they are looking for visual differences. Their mannerisms, their voices, their motivations, their love languages, there is plenty that sets them easily apart. At the risk of oversharing about my uterus, my daughters are dichorionic-diamniotic, or di-di-twins. That means they each had their own placentas and amniotic sacs. They didn't have to share. But they're also identical. And that means that there was one fertilized egg, and it split early enough in the process for both girls to get their own gear in there. So I like to imagine that it took mere hours for God and biology to decide that this was too much personality for one human being. And that little bundle of cells burst into two. So Solvay, when she was bouncing around in there and having a party, you said you were sleeping. You came out first. You were born first. (laughs)
2: Um, I peed all over everybody.
1: Yes, in traditional baby bee form. We're not to that part yet, but you're button in. But not me because Daddy was holding me. Yeah, when you were born, I got to give you a kiss, and then we wrapped you up, and Dad was holding you while we waited for Tova to be born. And Tova was so excited to be born. She was having that dance party the whole time she lived inside of me with us, right? And when she came out, Tova, what did you do?
2: Um, I peed all over everybody.
1: Even the nurses and the doctors, but not me. That's right. You were wrapped up with dad, but Tova peed on everybody else. And Um, you know what the nurses said? Um, what? You're a pistol. That means you are full of all kinds of power. Um, yeah, that's true. (laughs) You were born first. You are baby... A... Yep, that means you were born first. And what does Solve mean? Um, I don't know. What does your name mean? Sunshine. Sunshine, that's right. Strength from the sun. And Tova, were you born first or second?
2: Um, my name is Tova. And mine is second. You were first. born
1: <laughs> You were born second. You wanted to be born first. And your name means? Thunder! Thunder! I
2: make a lot of thunder today.
1: You make thunder every day, babe. Well, I wanted to make sunshine. Yeah. Bible stories often pause to explain the origins or meaning of a character's name. There's mystery in a name. Does it make a decision about who we will become, or do our lives end up fulfilling the name and making it something from nothing? Solve lived low on the left side of my belly. She was laid back and patient and cozy and content. She burrowed into me and into Tova, rarely kicking or moving around, but she had the hiccups often, and she still gets them when she's been laughing too hard. She's the only morning person in our family, up with the sun, early bird joy and snuggles. Tova, on the other hand, was all martial arts and heartburn up top. Strangers would notice my belly contorting at the weight of her antics. I looked like I was possessed, and I was. It took three pushes during just one contraction for Tova to join us. She could not wait to unleash her power on the world. There's a story in Genesis about twins wrestling in the womb and their mother weary from their tumbling. It's about identities and names that mattered from the very beginning. Jacob and Esau's mother Rebecca gets a bad rap for playing favorites and pigeonholing her sons. But now that I know my daughters, I have to wonder, maybe she just knew who they were from the start. And maybe her holy job was to hold space are the essential pieces of who they were already and always going to be. First. Tova, what's what's hard about being a twin? Sometimes you want to be the boss, but there's two of you. What's hard about being a twin? Um, That
2: kind of they bugs me sometimes. Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes do you want the things that she has and you try to take them away?
2: Uh, Yeah, I sneak to do that.
1: <laughs> Yep. you have some sneaky hiding places that you put her stuff.
2: But it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Some of those things are mine.
1: I uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it took meeting and loving my daughters to help me hear Jacob and Esau's sibling relationship in a new way. To love the story of their tension and boundaries and reconciliation. Here's how I tell their story to my girls. Once upon a time, God made a promise to Abraham and Sarah that their family would be big. Their children and grandchildren would outnumber the stars, and they would help God bless the whole world. Their son Isaac grew up to marry a woman named Rebecca. And they wanted to make children together, but it took a lot longer than they wanted it to. They tried and wished and prayed for children. Finally, Rebecca became pregnant with twins. They celebrated and thanked God, but Rebecca also felt really overwhelmed. The babies were wrestling and fighting inside her body, and she was worried because it felt like a war in there. Rebecca prayed to God for relief from their fighting. She just wanted to keep food down and sleep on her stomach and believe that they'd all be one big happy family once the babies were born. But God said to her, "'There are two different nations in your womb, "'and your children will be divided. "'One of them will be stronger than the other, "'and the older one will serve the younger one.'" When it was time for Rebecca to give birth to her children, baby A was born red and hairy. They named him Esau, which means rough or hairy. And then his brother baby B was born. His hand was grabbing at Esau's heel. Rebecca remembered what God had told her and knew the younger boy was trying to be born first. He would be stronger and sneakier than his older brother. They named him Jacob, which means sneaky trickster. Or the heel of a foot. While the boys grew Esau loved to play outside. He learned to hunt, wandered the fields, loved the land. But Jacob was quiet and spent most of his time in the tents. Their father Isaac had a special bond with Esau because he loved to hunt and eat meat. But Rebecca had a special love for Jacob. She knew his strengths were hard for other people to understand but that they would be important to God. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau returned from his work in the fields hungry for a good meal. Let me eat some of that red stuff, Jacob. I'm starving. Jacob, who was always plotting, made him a deal. I'll give you a bowl of this delicious stew if you give me your birthright, brother. Now, a birthright is something special you get when you're born, and you have it forever. No one can take it away from you unless you decide to give it away. Esau was so hungry, he couldn't think straight. Ugh, whatever, little brother. I'm about to die. I'm starving. I don't care about my birthright or about anything right now. I just want to eat. Jacob made him swear an oath to make it official, and then he handed Esau bread and stew. He ate and drank and then went back to work without understanding how easily he'd just been tricked. Years later, when their dad, Isaac, was old and growing blind, Jacob fooled Isaac into passing the big blessing on to him. Like a birthright Jacob had already taken from Esau, This blessing was supposed to be for the oldest son in the family. It was a powerful prayer passed from grandpas to dads to sons. When Esau learned that he'd lost this blessing and his little brother was going to be in charge, he was furious. He was so mad, Esau planned to kill his little brother. But their mom, Rebecca, warned Jacob and helped him sneak out of town before Esau could hurt him. But their mom, Rebecca, warned Jacob and helped him sneak out of town before Esau could hurt him. The brothers stayed away from each other for a long time until they were grown-ups. It was like a giant timeout. They lived in different countries while they cooled off and figured out how to be themselves. And when they finally came back together, they hugged each other. Esau was forgiving and kind Jacob apologized for tricking and hurting his big brother. The brothers agreed that the distance was good for them. They thought of some new boundaries and blessed each other on their way. It took most of their lives, but Jacob and Esau figured out how to make space for each other and to trust that God would provide enough for both of their futures. So they didn't need to fight or steal in order to have enough and be whole. Jacob and Esau's stories are tangled up together, but Scripture records chapters about their unique struggles, adventures, and desires. They remind us, two generations removed from God's promise to Abraham, that there are a lot of right ways to be a blessing. There are a lot of right ways to be a family. And sometimes, a little personal space and time alone can help us find our way back home again. Solvay and Tova just started kindergarten in different classrooms. And a little distance from one another is changing their dynamic. They're learning how to take up space in new ways. And maybe, in the end, it will bring them closer together.
0: Thanks for listening to Altar Guild. We're so glad that you took the time to listen to this story. If you enjoyed your time on our podcast, we ask that you'd share it with somebody who might appreciate stories of fresh perspective on faith and life. And again, if you'd be so interested in sharing a story from scripture with us, send us an idea at altarguild at gmail.com. Again, that's A-L-T-E-R. You can find out more about our network and the other podcasts that we're launching on our website at alterguild.org, again, A-L-T-E-R. Thanks from Miriam Samuelson-Roberts, Matthew Ian Fleming, Derek Tronsgaard, and Meta Herrick Carlson, as we are Alter Guild. Thanks for joining us, and see you again next time.